Welcome to episode 75 of Taz Racing Kennel Talk, a discussion on everything that's happening in Tasmania Greyhound Racing. I'm Matt Reid on behalf of tazracing.com.au and joining me is a man who's uh, been under the pump in recent times, just told me that he's back in the gym, so look out when you see him on track. Brennan Ryan, how are you, mate? I knew you'd let the cat out of the bag. No, good, thanks, Matt. Um, you know, we've come through the summer and we're now creeping towards, uh, hard to believe we're in 2022, but we're getting close to Easter and we've got some uh, big Easter races coming up to look forward to in the Breeders' Classic Series uh, in March. So, yeah, there's plenty of excitement due to come and yeah, some good performances on track, some you know, runners that we can indicate for some upcoming feature events and some news that we'll touch on shortly about... Um, the, the closure of the Devonport track and um, some fundraising that was done as well throughout the uh, last month by a former trainer, a former Tasmanian trainer, Brendan Purcell as well. Absolutely. There is a lot to get through. We might start with the news though, Brennan, and we're recording this on Wednesday night. We should have it up early on Thursday morning, but uh, Tas Racing is, I guess, notified uh, all within the industry of the need to vacate the Devonport Showground facility. Originally, that was going to be by the 1st of March. It will now be a few weeks later. It's something that we've known has been coming for a long time, Brennan. It's widely known now uh, where the new facility is going to be. But until that new facility is up and running, we'll be in a little bit of a holding pattern. And for the Greyhound Code, it means that uh, the last Devonport meeting will be on the 22nd of March, and then we'll be uh, running those Devonport programs in Launceston and Hobart. Yes, it's, um, yeah, the inevitable was due to come, but, you know, we've got to keep going forward to the future. And, yeah, the, the new site will be in the Latrobe area. And um, with and I understand the drawings have been finalised on the track and, you know, buildings and so forth. But, um, yeah, it's hard to believe 1952 was the first race meeting at Devonport. So, you know, nearly close to 80 or 90 years of racing held there at that track. It's... Um, yeah, it's just hard to believe that we're about to see it close and it's a history in um, Tasmanian racing that's about to go. I mean, you know, we talk about in greyhound racing, we had the TCA, White City, you know, all those traces have been and gone now and now Devonport's one of them. So um, I think come that meeting on the 22nd, it'll go out, uh, the greyhounds will go out with a bang and no doubt they'll, um, you know, they'll look to honour, you know, everyone that had um, been involved with the club and, and the history behind it as well. So uh, I think you and I will probably play a big pivotal part in that. And um, yeah, grading wise with the Greyhounds, I understand that the the grading from Devonport will now transfer across to um, Launceston and Hobart. So to put it in retrospective, um, a lot of your short grade, do- short course graded dogs that we see at the moment that race over the 340 and the 278 at Launceston and Hobart when they come to the Tuesday meetings at either Launceston or Hobart, the Devonport form will see them drop back to grade five, which will give you a scenario because at Devonport, they only grade um, the 452 as a sprint race, not a short sprint. So you'll see a few dogs drop back and um, yeah. So we're going to go through the unknown for the first couple of months on how this is all going to work out, but um, it's going to be a test on the participants in the North West coast of the state and, you know, our thoughts are with them at the moment because they're about to lose their training facility, their breaking-in facility, you know, for both horses and greyhounds. So, 
Yeah, Taz Racing, although the details are still being finalised, have announced that there will be a subsidy program for licensed trainers and drivers in the North West. So I guess in layman's terms, Brennan, as far as the actual racing goes, will it be as if those meetings that were to be run in Devonport are, for all intents and purposes, still being run in Devonport, but they're being held at, at Hobart or Launceston from a grading perspective? Yeah, yeah, that's what I um, was going along those lines of stating about the grading with the short sprint dogs in, in a small scenario there. So, yeah, all grading from Devonport on a Tuesday will be placed virtually at Launceston Devonport. So, basically, we're racing like a Devonport Tuesday, but, yeah, the grading will just be carried on to Launceston and Hobart. And um, the feature races will be worked out in due course as well. So, uh, the Devonport Chase will have to find a home for the for a little while yet so uh, we'll keep an eye on details on that but um, obviously there's more nitty-gritty stuff to go through yeah absolutely it'll be a challenging time in the short term and i guess as one door closes another one opens so uh, we'll eagerly follow that and i guess do our best to try and educate listeners and punters along the way as to how that might work uh let's get into some racing action though we'll start our review as we normally do in hobart we had a good 10-race program there. First winner of the night was Dancer of Flame. This was highly anticipated uh, winner for a juvenile, Dancer of Flame. We've seen him uh, come through the Maiden 1000 series recently and had put in some really good runs. Um, look, a lot of these um, Chivago Dancer pups, uh, you know, take a bit of time to really come to hand, but, um, you know, Dancer of Flame certainly put it on the board there for Neil Swan and, Cocked uh, 25 and 93. You don't get more impressive there in a juvenile. And one of the strongest juveniles winners we've had there at at, um, at Hobart for a while. So, um, yeah, he's got the class proven what he can do. So it's just a matter of how we see him progress up through the grades. A little bit later in that program, Brennan, we had a dog we've seen a fair bit of in recent times, took out the invitation, was the first leg of the quarter. He also going to be running in Hobart on Thursday night. It was Rip Away who led home at, at Ted Medhurst Quinella. He certainly did, and what a brilliant dog he's been there for uh, owner Cameron Betts, a uh, son of Cutting Edge and Grease Explosion. Uh, look, he's got a great form on this track, and 2603 showed that the track was fair and honest, like it wasn't ultra-fast, but... Um, you know, it, the performances was what they counted uh, minus the times and, you know, the dog's in fine form. So it's fabulous, broke the old veteran and assassinates going well too and Dark Titan and all those place getters in that race. So you see a lot of those runners uh, now, they'll no doubt hold their form and, you know, the majority of them top raiders, I'd be fair to say they'll be amongst the runners heading towards, the, you know, the Easter Cup series and all that sort of thing. So... But, you know, just it's good to see Ripaway firstly, you know, really get his form strong there again. And, um, you know, he was thrown in with a baptism by fire into the Launceston Cup from a form outsider first up. But, um, yeah, now he's put some good wins on the board. So, yeah, may it continue. And he looks like he's in for a good chance to uh, continue his winning streak on Thursday. It was a race-to-race double there for Ted. Uh, the feature on that program was Leroy Rogue, Damsel's Dash, it went the way of earning the cash at around about the $4 mark. Took out what was a, a pretty hot edition of the race. It was a very good field. It's a race that hasn't been contested well over the years. Um, I was doing a bit of history work there, and I think over the last six years, it's only been run four times. So 
hopefully, you know, over the next couple of years, we'll uh, able to program it and get more attention to it. But, um, you know, going back to earning the cash, she's, she's been a greyhound that just continues to run really well. Um, back during the Hobart Thousand Carnival, she took out the Billy Grice Memorial there. She ran 26-11, beating home sprint Gordon and a little bit off her form there since that win. And, yeah, she bounced back into the winner's circle, cocking 25-95, and 95, beating home Don't Start Now, who was anticipated to lead and did have the early speed. But, yeah, not so cash. Uh, earning the cash was very strong and comes from a very good leader of uh, High Anna, Bamaland Bruce. Bamaland Bruce is continuing to be a very good producer there for um, and a good combination between Ted and owner Ben Price. So I understand that earning the cash will back up in that invitation race in uh, Hobart on Thursday. And also it's got box one at Hobart on Monday night as well. It's uh, appropriately named earning the cash. That is for sure. Launceston on Monday night, Brennan, a few winners that we'll touch on there. We had uh, a dead heat in a Furniture City gift final. Uh, I'm not sure if you were taking the photos on Monday night. It's probably a good night to have off if you cop a dead heat in the feature race as far as being the photographer goes. Uh, we might start there, Winburn Chiff and Winburn Dixie. The judge couldn't separate them. No, and I was behind the camera there. And when I um, brought the photo up on the little screen on the back of my uh, camera, it, it wasn't much between them, but, well, look, it was a split between them, but, yeah, no, the two of them clashed, and both litter mates too, we must remember. So uh, they're going pretty well, and the way the race sort of panned, you could see that they were going to get the run on the first corner when you look at the replay, and they just drove through. There was a bit of interference, and they got the run of the race, and they battled it out pretty strongly, and the favourite got into a bit of trouble there in the first corner, and, yeah, they, these two runners come away, and, you know, we look at our litter, the the top litter mate in that group, uh, Winburn Ruby, we know she can run distance. And these two runners look like in their sectionals, they'll run, you know, some strong races as well with uh, with time. So we'll keep an eye on them. But, yeah, first dead heat in this series as well on record since about 2017. So, um, but it's always been a good little launching point for, um, you know, form-wise heading out of this race. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on those two runners, but I got a suspicion that they'll um, they'll get further in distance with a bit of time. Uh, first winner on that program, Brennan Aeroplane Annie got favourite punters off on the right note. Um, yeah, looking at this girl here, she's um, come out came out of that juvenile win behind Nance or Flame there on Monday on uh, Thursday night and backed it up with a strong performance there from the inside drawer and got the job done there to run sixteen twenty five. Uh, look. Uh, the splits uh, is what got me interested, uh, you know, 505 to that first peg. So, you know, that she can run it early and she seems to be pretty strong overall. And, yeah, we've only just seen a few starts from her. So uh, she's a bombastic to her as Anja Greyhound. And Anja was a, uh, so yeah, Anja is the dam. And she was a good producer in her time, could run a bit of distance. So we'll just see how this sort of pans out. But, yeah, good starting point and um, little bit, good little form race to uh, to work on going forward. Well, speaking of good form, Agent Aspen, uh, well, she's a bitch who only had her first Tasmanian start towards the end of 2021, but uh, working through the grades nicely, a fourth win in the state there in Launceston, what was a uh, grade six event? Yeah, had to show a bit of grit there to come from the wide draw, but uh, got the job done there to run 30.03, so toughed it out really well and got across, it was only a field of eight, but um 
had the right brakes going through the first corner. And yeah, once I got down the back there, I mean, 496 and 1760 indicated she was well and truly on the clock and coming away to win by three and a quarter lengths. Buckle up Logan, who's just an absolute debutant. He's roaring his ability. Um, he shows plenty of promise. And the way he tacked home in the race was very interesting as well. So, um, yeah, Agent Aspen's got the got the the promising class gives me on board and yeah, we'll keep, we'll see how Jack Derry pans out with this runner, but good to see Jack with a couple of handy runners in the kennel. Well, speaking of the Launceston track, Brennan, one dog that does seem to really enjoy racing around the tight circuit, even though seemingly didn't have the most favorable draw is Tarkine, who won from the yellow in race five. Look, when he started off, Butch put him through, I think it was a maiden series heats that were held at Launceston. Um, Roughly around this time last year, and uh, looking looked a bit awkward, and just wasn't seemed to really have that spark. But we just played around this dog, and he, he seems to have got him really going well. I mean, that's a really good performance here. He's got down better in his in his personal best there, and he's clocked thirty dead on the on the centre four board, and he really put that um, the runner up behind. Uh, well and truly behind him in uh, Bonnie Danger. So, uh, look, I really like, you know, that he's really shown that he's tougher coming home and was okay first split, but, yeah, 1770 indicated he was wounding up. And, yeah, overall, he's he's really done the job quite well. So um, he's just taking his time. But, yeah, Butcher's um, patience has certainly paid off well and, and the perseverance has, uh, yeah, got the job done. Four of his seven career wins have come in Launceston. That's Tarkine. Our last winner we'll touch on from the program in Launceston on Monday night. Got the job done at a pretty short price, and that was Foxwatch Knights. He comes off a good win there at Hobart on the Thursday. And uh, look, Kyron's had this dog for quite a while now, and um, he has put some good wins on the board at, at Denmanport and Hobart and just had some tough draws to overcome at Launceston, but uh, when he drew the inside, it was going to be absolutely golden for the dog and come off a 26-40 win as we stated there in Hobart. And, yeah, he, he's a runner that just keeps doing his time. And, yeah, he's got 10 wins on the board now. And, um, yeah, they'll have a lot of fun with the this uh, Hebdon Crane syndicate. And, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll get their best. They'll get their money's worth from him. He'll, uh, he'll certainly show his hand in a couple of big races coming up. The next day in Devonport, Brenner, we had another 10-race program there. A few winners that we'll touch on from that one, but uh, we'll start with the second race on the program. It was a juvenile, went the way of Blackbrush Scott for favourite punters. Yes, um, good to see Gaylene Townsie get a win here with this greyhound. And by worm burner out of Chandelar, and Chandelar is a, a brood matron belonging to Michael Outhan, um, Mick Scott, Quite a few pups racing under that litter at the moment. They're not showing much, but it was good to see uh, this one here, Black Brush Scott, get the money and put a respectable time there on the board, 2608. Um, shows he will continue to improve. The inside roar is good if you can show the speed and really get on with the job. And, yeah, he's done it nicely. So, um, yeah, look, long effort for Gaylene to travel up. I know she's got a family behind her, but... Um, that do the travelling with her as well. And the one thing to indicate as well, that 
two of these juveniles were um, Tazbury class juveniles. I mean, we had two lots of that. So it just indicates how the, the, the strength in uh, numbers that we've got with Tazbury juveniles coming through is is a positive thing. And, um, yeah, good to see people getting the rewards there, having uh, Tazbury class races there on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, final winner on that program before we backtrack to a treble through the middle there for Blake Purcell was Need a Hand. A fairly impressive winner and a good margin back to second. Yeah, it's, um, Bruce McCrosting prepares this runner and um, Bruce has only had it for just a few starts now, but um, broke through for its first win when it arrived in the state running 16.23. And um, yeah, this was the first run Bruce had placed it at Devonport and yeah, got the job done quite nicely. And and um, yeah, I can't see why it won't progress through. Um it had come here with good form, you know, running 25.09 and 24.94 at um, Sale in Victoria over the 4.40. So the form backs up well. And, yeah, he's just got to be guarded to see how he goes through the grades. But, yeah, a nice runner and good to see um, Bruce get the wins there when he makes the effort coming out from uh, uh, from Invermay there at um, in Launceston, travelling up northwest. And, yeah, we touched on it just before, but Blake Purcell looked to have a really strong hand up there in Devonport on Tuesday, and it played out that way. The treble, including the old boy Sprint Gordon and, and one that's perhaps at, at the other end of the spectrum as far as up-and-comers, and that's McInerney. Yes, the kennel's going very well. All about Monty got the job done. Sprint Gordon, who, you know, what else can you say about him? He's doing terrific, and McInerney, well, I mean, he came through, um, you know, some really good races over the summer period and uh, look Blake's team's firing terrific they've just haven't had the luck with draws and you know we've seen him on Launceston Cup night he equaled um, McInerney who we're talking about he came out and equaled um, the PB of um, Hilltop Jack when he won the Launceston Cup in 29.44 so it's been agonising there but yeah it seems that Blake's got him on the right path so um, he's put two good wins there and he can only do no worse off that and yeah, the team is going terrific. And, um, yeah, I think we'll see this crew uh, go through some of the Easter races we've got coming up in the next couple of months to really um, indicate uh, some form aspects. But, um, yeah, good to see Blake get the efforts there, uh, travelling all the way up from the south. We will segue into the fundraising efforts and a terrific news story past my desk. And, obviously, you would have been aware of this one too, Brendan. Brendan Purcell uh, has done a terrific job raising a good amount of money for the families of last year's Hillcrest primary tragedy. Yes, uh, for the month of January, Brendan's team there have, have um, placed on 14 occasions there and some of them got the job done, but he helped raise $7,000 overall. And with a grant, with an grant from GRV, they've, yes, they brought it up to $10,000. And, uh, yeah, great effort by um, everyone involved. And, yeah, it's um, a great cause. And, you know, it's good to see that the Greyhound community, not only just in Tassie, but um, all over Australia comes together no matter what the situation is because, you know, it could be anybody in our own families or your neighbours or anybody you know could have been affected by something that was just such a, so freakish and so, you know, so devastating. But, um, you know, we're all out there to help anybody. So, you know, it was just a great thing and a, and a good positive thing to come out from our industry and it proving that 
you know, we're grateful for the support we get by our governing bodies, but in return, we want to make sure that, you know, everybody out there is, um, is helped no matter what cause. Yeah, absolutely. Well done to Brendan and Greyhound Racing Victoria. They donated $500 for every place get up Brendan's team recorded for January. That was 7,000 in total. And as you said, uh, GRV topped up an additional 3,000 to round that up to an even 10 grand. Ladbrokes' new bet ticker now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbrokes app and see where the big bets land. Get the down low on the download. Ladbrokes! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Let's see if you can find a winner for us in Hobart on Thursday night, Brennan. Uh, Pretty good card there. We've got a, a lot of heats for the Dennis Collis Memorial, which uh, seems to have come up pretty strong in terms of numbers. Yeah, we got seven heats. So the uh, seven uh, heat winners plus the fastest second place getter will go through. So um, we'll take a look at the heats real quick and I'll highlight uh, three heats. We'll go in race two. Um, that is one of the first heats to go around. And look, um, well, my own runner from my own kennel, Just Posh, looks very well graded there from that draw. She's only got the one win there, and she's run 25.95. But she comes up against Evolution Girl, who's going pretty well at the moment, and uh, she'll step up back to the 461. And not surprising that she can't run top three with the form she's got at the moment. So uh, good form coming out of that. And, um, you know, we're looking further down. We've got uh, in one heat there, we've got Maddie's help, who's you know, without a win, I mean, it has won earlier on, but it's got good form there. It's got box three there in race number four. And we go down further to uh, Zabel there from in box two there in race five, which is another heat of the Dennis Collins, comes off the Devonport Distance Championship. So looking to make it four straight wins, but going very well. And look, there's one runner in particular um, in race six there, Blackwood Buster. Uh, for Peter Phillips, I think he's exceptionally well graded there um, for grade five. He's come off invitation company and just seems to have the ledger against most of these dogs. So um, he's probably well, not saying the most well seated, but the well positioned in regards to this series. So he'll probably go around as one of the main fancies heading into the final as well, if he can qualify. Well, market does agree with you, Brennan, at the time of recording which is about 10 to 8 on Wednesday night, Blackwood Buster at $2.60. Just want to backtrack a little bit onto Just Posh, who always seems to go around very short odds, $1.70 again on Thursday night. Brennan, do you think that's a fair price about her? Yeah, it is. You won't get much value anywhere else from her. Um, She's definitely got the class on the field. Um, She's just got to come out and put herself into it early, which she can do nine times out of 10. So um, she likes that wide draw and yeah, she should, I can't see why she can't run a good race. It's a bit tougher, but she'll have to win a heat to get through, but you know, everything's going in her direction and she's pulled up well from Launceston on Monday too. All right. So a little bit of a heat preview for the Dennis Collis Memorial there on Thursday night. What are your absolute best bets for that Hobart program? Okay, in race one, uh, we're going to go number seven, Got the Blues, and the other one here in front of me. I'm going to go race five, number two, Tay, or Zabel, I pronounce it, but um, I'd like to see how Colin McNiff pulls that one off. Race five, number two, which is a hint of the Dennis Collis Memorial. And then I'm going to go down to 
the remaining heat of uh, the Dennis Collis. I've just lost me runner there. Uh, the second last heat there in race eight. I'm going to go with Dancer of Flame, number two. Comes up against Winburn Dixie, who was the dead heater in the um, juvenile gift series up at Launceston on Monday. But um, from what I've seen and the time it's put on the clock, it should run a good race there. So three good chances, um, I think, in the program there on Thursday night. We well, get a bit of each way value for us to start the night, mate. Got the Blues at eleven dollars. If we can get uh, the seven home in race one, coming up though, you touched on it in the opener. We sort of moved into a, another really busy little program of, I suppose you would call them the the secondary feature races. Given mm-hmm. we've just come out of the Launceston Cup and the Hobart Thousand and, and things like that, but plenty of good racing in store. Yes, we've got the um, February Distant Stakes, which will be held at um, Hobart this coming Monday night with Launceston out of action due to the the Gallops Cup up at Mowbray. So the, the Launceston Cup will be held very shortly and on the Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, Launceston will be out of action for that week. Um, good little race there. And Zabel backs up into that race all going well. It's drawn, I think, uh, box three or four. Uh, no, box two in that race uh, on the Monday. So as long as it backs up and, and pulls up all right, it should start as one of the major uh, chances in that field coming off its Devonport win. And then on the 28th, we've got the Lambrokes Racing Centre Stakes, uh, which is for runners uh, grade five and grade six, um, which is just a best up event. And then um, one of the top feature events there held at Devonport and I think it's pretty fitting that we're going to run this series just prior to uh, the closure of Devonport, the Reginaline Ivory Memorial Classic Heats, um, named in honour of two outstanding people on the northwest coast and Red Shorty Ivory, who was just a, a legendary trainer who had his own bloodline and produced some outstanding greyhounds as, and was well assisted by his wife, Aileen, and the family continue on the racing and they're heavily involved. Um, Reg's daughter, Cheryl, is uh, involved in the kennels and... Um, uh, her brother Wayne is the driver, a lure driver there on the on the race day. And um, Cheryl's daughter uh, Sharon is a uh, handler and um, a, a successful owner in greyhounds. And um, Wayne's daughter Joanne Ivory is a handler as well for the Anthony Bullock Kennel. So the Ivory name is uh, still involved after many years. But uh, yeah, good series coming up. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, excellent that we've been managed or we've been able to fit that series into Devonport before we move away from that track. And another good point you raised there is that we're racing twice in Hobart next week uh, due to the Launceston Thoroughbred Cup, as you mentioned. Uh, well, to finish this week's podcast, Brennan, you're a man who rarely needs to be asked twice to delve into the Greyhound archives to find uh, a classic winner, and on the eve of the Australian Cup heats, I think you've done one for us again this week. I'm looking back at one of our outstanding greyhounds, possibly of the modern era in regards to sprinters, and it goes no further than Buckle Up Wes, Center Collision, and Everlong Bale won a stack of races and featured in so many Group Ones, and notably he won the Australian Cup final and the Top Gun, both at the Meadows and both at Group One level. Um, yeah, he won a stack of feature races at Launceston and he's our, yeah, undoubtedly a Hall of Famer and uh, and also a Greyhound of the Year recipient. So, uh, yeah, in lead up to this series, I thought it'd be uh, special enough to play out the 2014 Australian Cup final with Buckingham Wears jumping from box seven. 
Racing. Kibo slow to begin to the inside away fast there. Kiss me good daughter. Going out fast as Buckle Up Wes now. And Buckle Up Wes takes the lead of the back straight by two or three lengths. Over Kiss me good next to the outside Marcus Joe. Kibo gets a run up on the inside. Then Innocent Till followed by Hallelujah Henry. Then Musquin Bale and Dyna Nolan at the tail. Coming up the back straight. Buckle Up Wes the leader. The Tassies are cheering at three lengths in front. Kibo gives chase a gap away. Then Hallelujah Henry in the straight though. Buckle Up Wes for Tasmania wins the Australian Cup.